The Providence Journal presents Nick and Pop, the college basketball podcast for Rhode Island and around the nation with your hosts, Kevin McNamara and Bill Koch. Hello and welcome to the Providence Journal's Pick and Pop podcast, our semi-weekly look at the college basketball scene both here in Rhode Island and around the country. This is Kevin McNamara and I have my usual compadre, Mr. Bill Koch, alongside so, Bill, how about our new digs here at uh, the Providence Journal? I, I, I've christened these a few times already, but uh, this is your uh, introduction. It's impressive, isn't it? It is. It's uh, you know, it's it's much more comfortable than a one of those crazy radio stations, and it looks just like it. And the equipment is big time. Well, and it beats you know the conference room with the recorder on the table, and you know us sounding like we're kind of in an airplane hangar. This this is a little more pro, isn't it? Well, I'm sure the. Uh Pick and pop fans out there are going to enjoy it, and uh, usually uh, we don't get started this early, but uh, we're up and running. You know, I teased this last night on Twitter. I, I, I said to the folks, how many pick and pop fans do we have out there? Because tomorrow you might be really, really happy at what we're going to do, and I actually got a pretty good response, Kevin. I, I, you know, I felt pretty good about the fact that I'm not willing to go to the point and say that people actually like us. <laughs> But they don't hate us, I don't think, which is a good thing. I, I'll consider that progress. Bill, there's plenty of people who hate me. I, I don't know about you. You know, you're, you're young and fun. I'm uh, the opposite. I don't know. So, well, you, you have kids, so that's two right there. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Sometimes. So we're going to jump right into it. Uh, you, you had, a, I thought, a really good uh, feature today in the journal about URI's recruiting efforts here this fall. Um, I always like to say that recruiting is, is a team effort. Uh, really got to credit Dan Hurley and his staff, but... There's nothing like continuity uh, with, uh, is this year six, I believe, for Dan? Year six, yeah. Year six with uh, coming off an A-10 championship, uh, improved facilities. There's, a, there's more to sell at URI than there's been in, in quite a while, and certainly it's, it's you know, turned into a lot of success on the recruiting trail. Well, that's the thing that I wanted to try to hit on is that it's not just the staff getting players. It's what goes on behind the staff, what the staff pushes for. Every time Dan Hurley gets a contract extension, there have been what they call program enhancements in there, whether it be renovated locker rooms, whether it be adding a, you know, a player development piece on his staff, whether it be paying his assistants more. Um, he has taken less for himself to sort of improve the program and, and make it easier for him, in a way, to, to attract players who can win games. Uh, as we know, Dan's a very intense guy, wears his heart on his sleeve. Losing really, really bothers him. And, and if you want to win on the floor, it starts by winning off the floor, and that starts in recruiting. And you look at what Dan has done specifically with David Cox, uh, his associate head coach, bringing in players in this staff from the DMV. We've talked about that. It's a very fertile area. Uh, Ty Boswell, who he hired, uh, you know, promoted this offseason to assistant coach, managed to bring in a player from Expressions Elite, his old grassroots program. Uh, you know, and Tom Moore, who's on staff now, uh, who isn't going to have anyone in this class, but in the future, based on his track record at Connecticut, is certainly a good evaluator of talent. You look at that, and that's how you end up this morning, Kevin, with the number 15 class in the nation, according to Scout.com. Yeah, you know, it's it's early. Uh, it's, you know, the, the, I've noticed that these rankings, first of all, they're, they're not worth much except for us to talk about. You know, it's great for the media and the fans, and, and, and you know, people get excited about the, this stuff. Uh, this early in the year, obviously, there's quite a few unsigned uh, kids all around the country, including some of the best players in the country. So I think Rhode Island's class will probably 
go down and not up because then they're, they're not making additions where my guess is John Calipari might sign a few guys between now and uh, the end of the year. So jump into those rankings. I, uh, I counted 16 five-star guys available. It's safe to say that Rhode Island probably won't be a player for any of those. We did have some news this morning, though. Uh, Amir Harris, who's a guard out of Maryland, uh, has decommitted from URI. He's decided to reopen his recruitment. Um, so in, in that respect, Rhode Island could move up. Mm-hmm. Depending on the sneaker controversies and how those affect commitments and programs everywhere else, you know, they could end up in late here in the spring and take a flyer on a highly rated guy who might decommit from a Louisville or a North Carolina or somebody like that, depending on NCAA discipline. Well, and uh, you know, balancing classes is always really important. Uh, Rhode Island has a one-man freshman class, I believe, in, in Duran Russell, uh, a Juco as well, uh, and Ryan Preston, but you know, obviously he's a junior. So t- to bring in four or five freshmen when you only have one Sophomore, uh, we're talking about next year's roster. Does make some sense, but it wouldn't surprise me if uh, they can go out and grab a, a, a you know loaded transfer. They've certainly had some success with that as well. So you know they're in flux. Uh, I don't think anyone should have quote no scholarships in October. And uh, as we've seen with all the crazy transfers in college basketball for the last you know half dozen years. Uh, Someone down in Kingston probably won't be there next year, but uh, maybe they will. But getting back to you know where we started this, this is probably what should have happened when they made the Elite Eight in 1998 and then won the Atlantic 10 in 1999. You should have had that bounce, something like this, going into the Ryan Center uh, with an elite coach and Jim Herrick. We can debate his merits uh, you know, in terms of the NCAA, another time. That's a whole separate podcast in terms of his. Well, he probably would have brought a few players in if he had stayed around. And, and he might have cost them a few scholarships in the long term with his conduct if yeah. we want to base it on you know, UCLA and Pepperdine and then Georgia, certainly. Um, you know, but this is probably what should have happened then. Rhode Island is a better program than some of the programs that they are finishing behind here in the A-10. Just in terms of their machinery, they're better than St. Bonaventure. They're better than Richmond. They're better than, you know, certainly Fordham, Duquesne, place at LaSalle. Um, They are better than those places. They should be recruiting better than those places. And now, you know, with Dan Hurley in place, his staff in place, and some of the upgrades, the commitment that the administration has made, Thor Bjorn, the athletic director in particular, and Dave Dooley, the president, you're seeing URI sort of approach the place where they should be in the A-10 and the place where they should be in terms of the college basketball landscape. Uh, we'll just hit on the on the guys a little bit. Uh, Tyrese Martin from Pennsylvania, Brendan Adams from Maryland, both you know combo guards can do a little bit of everything. A good size, both about you know six four uh, with length. Uh, Dana Tate, a six 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 seven strong uh, wing player, uh, multiple forward position, and Jermaine Harris, and, and he's the guy who intrigues me the most, Bill, because th- this is the type of body type that uh, the Rams have not had. Dan Hurley has not had. Maybe you could say. Karan Iveson at, at that six eight long arms, you know, jump out of the gym type player. Jermaine is six nine, was highly recruited, came down to, you know, Rhode Island and Xavier. Uh, we talked about this before we came on. It was tough to tell, you know, if where he ranked with, with Xavier's, you know, uh, recruiting wish list, but they clearly would have taken him because an awful lot of physical ability with uh, Jermaine Harris. Yeah, consensus four star, top hundred player, uh, clearly URI's number one option, if not Xavier's. Uh, uh, you know, depending on who else they were recruiting. Right. They were in on uh, a player named Darius Days, who's obviously very attractive, who was 
you know, attached with Louisville a little bit, uh, you know, before the scandal of Rick Pitino. We, we, that's also a separate podcast. We can go into that another time. Um, you know, but they prioritized Jermaine Harris very early. They were the first program to offer him in July 2016. Uh, and he blooms into this four-star top 100 player. The only other consensus four-star top 100 player, freshman, that they've recruited since Dan has gotten here was Jared Terrell. Um, you know, and you've seen what Jared has done over his first three years and what he's projected to do in his fourth year. So this has the potential to be a very special player. You pair him with Cyril Langevine, whose production on the floor, you know, outperformed his ranking last year, the way that they were able to develop him and get him into the lineup. Uh, and you have to say that this is a major, major score for Dan Hurley. Uh, you know, and certainly the type of player who you can build at the very least your front court around for the next four years. And a vital class, you know, obviously with the seniors and the offense, uh, the scoring uh, of the senior class, EC, Matthews, Jared Terrell, uh, Jarvis Garrett, Stan Robinson. And Stan Robinson. As well. You know, th- th- those are four guys who are going to play a lot of minutes, score a lot of points for the Rams this upcoming season. So uh, Hurley and staff really did need some impact freshmen. It looks like uh, looks like they're on that on that track. Uh, we're going to jump to. Uh, we're going to stick with recruiting and jump to the Friars a little bit. Ed Cooley and his staff kind of face the exact same thing. Uh, a really heavy senior class for the Friars right now uh, with Rodney Bullock, uh, Emmett Holt, um, Jalen Lindsey. You know, guys who are going to score a lot, have scored a lot of points and often replacing the offensive productivity was really important for Cooley and his class. Uh, their first recruit was A.J. Reeves, a top 100 uh, recruit from out of Boston, uh, probably the best scorer in New England um, has had a really strong high school and uh, AAU career for the Mass Rivals. Then they went down to North Carolina and got Chris Monroe, a 6'7 kid who's really, you know, they say is way under the radar. He's not a top 125, 150 kid, but they see him as a really productive deep shooter at 6'6", six 6'7". Foot six, six foot uh, probably lacks the explosive uh, athletic ability that would elevate him into the you know, an ACC-level kid, uh, although North Carolina State did recruit him, uh, and he's from that rolling North Carolina area. And then finally, Jimmy Nichols, a uh, long 6'8", uh, left-handed kid from South Carolina who Providence is really excited about. That They think he's a major steal. Um, he was also recruited at a really high level, Georgetown, uh, South Carolina, and a few other schools uh, really were in heavy on Nichols. But that leaves... Uh, at least one more spot, maybe two for Providence, and uh, I think uh, it's time we talk about David Duke because he's he's the missing piece that Providence would really love to pair with A.J. Reeves. They played together with the Mass Rivals all summer long. He literally lives less than a mile away from the PC campus, and he's down to Providence and Virginia Tech, which I know sounds strange to some you know fans and people who follow the Friars, but his best friend in basketball is uh, Wabisa Beatty, who's a freshman at Virginia Tech, and uh, he visited Blacksburg a couple weeks ago, by all accounts really liked it, and he's clearly struggling with his decision because uh, he's down at two schools, and uh, I-, I still think that a decision could come by Midnight Madness, which is this coming Saturday, 
but uh, checked this morning and uh, no smoke coming from the chimney yet, Bill. <laughs> now, David Duke, the, uh, the former classical star, is at Cushing now. Um, you know, has great ability. You know, a big guard who, who profiles potentially at the point. He's 6'4", long arms. Um, you know, just very, very impressive kid. A very nice young man. Uh, if you've had the chance to meet him, Kevin, I know yeah. you have. Um, you know, he's taken officials to Florida, to Virginia Tech, now to Providence. He canceled on Villanova uh, this past weekend, which probably means they're out. Um, you know, Florida has taken two guard commitments from Andrew Nemhart and Noah Locke, who are two top 75 guys. That probably means that they're out, mm-hmm. you know, which brings you down to Providence and Virginia Tech, uh, whether or not you want to go to school at home or whether or not you'd like to leave. Uh, you know, Kevin, uh, I'll defer to you on this. You have been to Blacksburg many, many times when Virginia Tech was uh, in the Big East. You can speak on Blacks, uh, on Blacksburg, on the atmosphere there, on the importance of basketball there better than I can. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm biased. Well, I shouldn't say I'm biased. I, I'm from Rhode Island. I, I grew up in Rhode Island. Uh, I'm from New England. Uh, I would not go to school at Virginia Tech under any circumstances, but I'm not you know i'm not from virginia i'm not from the south uh virginia tech is is a beautiful school i'll give it that it's a very attractive uh campus it's remote it's a tough place to get to you know if you and i were going to go see a football game we'd fly to roanoke and then drive an hour up into the hills into the mountains um david duke's from rhode island uh i i don't really know you know, you'd have to, if he ends up picking Virginia Tech, we'll find out what he likes uh, about going to school at Virginia Tech. And the, the good news is uh, you can't impose what, you know, you would do on someone else's life. And uh, clearly, again, that's why this has been a difficult uh, decision for him. That also being said, we're both Rhode Island guys. I grew up in Warwick. You grew up in Coventry. Yeah. We both left the state for college. No, uh, true. Uh, uh, Virginia Tech wasn't on my short list. No, no, mine either. <laughs> mine either. Uh, we, you went to a major city. I, I stayed in the East, uh, you know, BU and Syracuse, respectively. Um, and there was value in that. Yeah. Oh, no question. And, you know, I wanted to be able to get home. Uh, you clearly wanted to be able to get home. When you go to Virginia Tech, y- 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 your parents, you know, outside of the TV and a trip to Boston College. I'm going to see you play live all that much. Uh, David has uh, a younger brother who's going to be a good player, I understand. Yeah, Sean Duke, Uh, very good player classical. Classical, so, you know, uh, but obviously it could be too close to home for him. And, uh, again, we'll find out uh, hopefully soon uh, what his reasoning is. For me, the real discussion between the two schools, if, if I'm evaluating them as a recruit, Virginia Tech, in a given year in the ACC, with every program performing at its maximum, that means Duke, that means North Carolina, that means Louisville, after all these sanctions are, are sorted out, that means Syracuse, NC State, Notre, everybody no, else, Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. <laughs> yep. Where is Virginia Tech in that mix? They're not in the top uh, half. Virginia? Virginia. They're not in the top half for me. In a given year, when everyone is performing at their maximum, Providence under Ed Cooley, with that practice facility coming in, with the way Ed's been able to recruit, with the way he's been able to develop players, with the way that Georgetown has fallen off in the Big East and St. John's has fallen off in the Big East, I think Providence is right there either with or just behind Villanova and Xavier at this point in any given year in the Big East. Well, if you want to guarantee yourself for four years, you know, to play in the NCAA tournament twice – 
certainly Providence is the better bet than Virginia Tech. And that makes a huge difference. And I am a big Buzz Williams fan. He's an excellent coach. He's going to turn that program around. They're going to be they're going to be a traditional regular surprise, but to go along with the way you introduced it, if the other schools are doing what they need to be doing, Virginia Tech's not going to win the ACC anytime soon. That's right. Uh, that that just shouldn't happen. Um, but you know, it is it is what it is, as they say. And recruiting, you know, I was at uh, uh, Providence practice yesterday, and I asked, you know, one of the assistants, "What's going to happen with Duke?" I have no idea. Right. And at this point, you know, they've recruited him for more than a year. Uh, can't do anything more. I mean, he knows everything there is to know. Uh, you know, he needs to make a decision. They have done a phenomenal job. We're, we're talking about adding David Duke to a class of three that, you know, let's say pre-Ed Cooley or, or very early on Ed Cooley, you know, his first couple of years. How happy would you be with a top 50 player and two other guys with upside? You would have been thrilled. Yeah, you know, this is kind of, it's reminiscent of the class that he got right out of the shoot with Dunn and Ricky Lito, but, uh, you know, A.J. Reeves and David Duke will both show up and play. No question. And maybe play uh, integral roles for four years or as long as they stay in college. Uh, you know, I, I hate to say that a uh, high school recruit can, can you know, be a one-and-done, a two-and-done. I don't think that either of those kids are, are that type of talent, but they both certainly have pro potential. And uh, no you know, to say that at an 18-, 19-year-old is, is pretty impressive. Um, just going to hit the Friars a little bit more. Um, we have... Midnight Madness, uh, Late Night Madness, whatever you want to call it, uh, sessions for both schools coming up. Uh, Rhode Island, I believe, is Friday night. Friday night. Providence is Saturday night. And I couldn't even tell you who's performing at Providence. How brushed up are you on your little Uzi vert? Well, well, I, I, actually, the one um, staff member who who is a little Uzi guy is Bill Reynolds. But, <laughs> but Billy's not here right now to weigh in uh, on the latest. That's, is it a tune? Do they do tunes? Or that's are they a, that's ballads? A, that's a long way from Roy Orbison, babe. It sure is. A long sure way. Is. Now, how about the Rams? Are they just going to have a, a, a spinner, a, a DJ? or I have no idea. The Rams have turned this into a little bit more of a fan fest uh they open the ryan center doors friday night at six o'clock uh ceremonies kick off at about seven you're gonna have the men's team there the women's team there uh you know they'll go through the usual layup lines throw down some dunks there'll be free food for the students there'll be free t-shirts for the fifth i think the first 1500 fans who who show up um you know they've sort of toned it down a little bit they had a couple musical acts a few years ago but i i think they're you know, they're more sort of trying to cater to their season ticket base. They they want to get that going in terms of bringing revenue into the program, trying to get people into the seats every night because that's cash that they need. The students, if you're good, and you know this, Kevin, the students, if you're good, they're going to show up for mm-hmm. a big-time game. If they play you know, Dayton and both teams are you know, toward the top of the A-10, the students are going to show up for that. They're going to be excited. What they need now is the casual fan, the fan who can put some money into the program so that they can continue to take those next steps. And I think they're trying to cater to that class of people with this sort of event. And besides, Dan Hurley's not a little losey fan either. <laughs> Probably not. No. Um, one more thing uh, before we sign off here. Providence, uh, I... I Put it in the paper last week as a growing issue with uh, Emmett Holt. Emmett uh, is, yes. is has uh, what they're terming an abdominal issue. Uh, he's been very ill for almost a month now and off campus. Uh, Bill, I, I'd be surprised if we see him for the first semester. 
and I'm getting the growing feeling that uh, there's a chance that he, he could be out for a while, if not a red shirt, which is really unfortunate because uh, throughout the summer, Ed Cooley had said probably our most improved player was Emmett Holt, which would make them probably make him the best player on the team because he, he was pretty pretty good last year. First things first, we wish Emmett the best in, in his recovery from abdominal surgery. Uh, you know, whether or not he ends up on the floor this year or, or at any point, um, you know, this is important for his quality of life. And, you know, we wish him the best in that. Uh, you know, you turn to basketball, it'd be a big loss for them, Kevin. Oh, there's no question. There's no question. Uh, you're talking about a guy who, you know, in my mind, is probably a 15-8 and eight guy every night. Uh, you know, a clear number two to Rodney Bullock, if not a 1A on most nights. Um, you can't underestimate that sort of veteran presence in the lane. I mean, Emmett Holt, is a, he's a man. Yeah. You know, he's a 20-something man out there who, if you put him out there against a freshman, I don't care if that freshman's a five-star, highly touted kid, Emmett Holt's going to put an elbow right in the kid's chest and say, look, I'm here, and I've been here for a little while, and you're going to have to go through me. Um, you know, and I, I just think that would be a major loss for the Friars. They do have some cover there with Khalif Young, uh, and obviously with the freshmen that they brought in, DeJure Dickens and Nate Watson. Um, you know, but you never like to see this happen, and I know coaches, you know, they plan so meticulously uh, for seasons, whether it be through recruiting, through player development. You never like to see them get sidetracked by something like this. No, and, uh, you know, Providence, uh, like Rhode Island, you know, you build around juniors and seniors, and uh, Emmett Holt as a fifth-year senior. I'm sorry, four-year seniors. He never had to sit uh, as a uh, JUCO transfer. Uh, you know, he's invaluable. There's no two ways about it. I think this is the deepest Providence team that Ed Cooley has had. There are options, but uh, your point's well taken. When you have a 21-, 22-year-old seasoned kid who, who's had an awful lot of success in the Big Ten and the ACC, uh, I'm sorry, the Big East, um, you know, that's a major loss. There's no question. And obviously, the next time we do a podcast, we'll get a little bit more uh, intro uh, info on Emmett. And uh, we both would have uh, been uh, returning from uh, Media Days, Atlantic 10, next Tuesday in D.C. Correct. And the Big East uh, will be at Madison Square Garden next Wednesday. We'll both be there. Uh, so we could do a debrief maybe uh, next week or the week after. It depends on... Uh, Hey, this studio is, is a busy place, so you never know. It is. I, I would figure on maybe next Thursday. Uh, you know, you're gonna you're gonna come back when Wednesday night. Probably you'll take the train. I might not come back. Uh, very good. Know. You know, it's New York. Very good. Well, <laughs> you and I have had a night or two out in New York, Kevin. We we know what that's like. I go to church when I go to New York. Do you really? Yeah, I do. I do. Come on. So if anyone believes that, uh, you know, we'll tell more fibs the next time have, we do a pick and pop podcast. Have you at least you've been to St. Patrick's? I assume. Absolutely. I mean, just to say that you've gone. I have definitely been to Mass at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Well, I haven't been to. Ma- I didn't say anything about Mass. I just I, said, have you ever been? Yes and yes. <laughs> Good for you. Yes. You got me beat. Pray for me next time you go, please. I will. Please. I will. Uh, we'll step off Fifth Avenue and I'll think of Bill Koch. Thank God. Yes. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back, uh, everyone, and I uh, hope you enjoyed our first Pick and Pop podcast of this season.